Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex, and with me I have Logan. How are you, Logan? Hey, Alex. Yeah, mate, doing uh, doing pretty well. It's nice to be at the, uh, the, the festive end of the, the year, heading into Christmas, and uh, obviously that means lots of games to watch. It's uh, very warm in Australia at the moment, so um, yeah, we're definitely winding down the year and it's uh, you know exciting times. I was going to say, I mean, for our English listeners, it must be very strange to think of the end of the year as being quite warm. But yeah, I think it's over 30 degrees where I am. I don't know about you, but yeah, very warm end to the year at the moment. So, but as you say, lots of games to watch. Um, for our Aussie listeners, you know, being in sports seems the, the thing to get over Christmas, um, even if it's just for a month or so. It seems like we've got a lot of televised games uh, starting last weekend with QPR. We've got Burrow tomorrow morning, I think, is also being. Um, and then Bristol City um, and a few other games going into Sunderland, I think, in the new year as well. So um, plenty of football to watch. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, unfortunately, we've got a loss to talk about this week with the QPR game, but hopefully uh, more positive signs to come. Um, yeah, let's crack into that QPR game. Um, sort of talked last week uh, with Mitch about this one being... I suppose a bit of a banana skin in, in waiting because QPR picked up two wins in a row, manager was doing well, uh, sort of turning them around. But also looking at it as a game that really, for us to show our top six credentials, it, ne- it needed to be one that we put away and got the three points from, um, which wasn't the case. You can make a case, maybe Lakilo going out and um, Jones as well, uh, celebrating the birth of his child, was out of the side. But... It, Weighing it all up, how, how did you see it? Were you, hard not to be disappointed with a loss, but, you know, um, I guess it was one that maybe you could see coming. Well, I feel like the only reason I could see it coming was because you cursed it in the, uh, in the <laughs> podcast chat by letting us know um, quite a few times, actually, that, that QPR had turned the corner and had found a run of form just in time to play us. And so from... From, uh, from that moment, I feel like there was always going to be, uh, you know, an uphill battle. Road feeling uh, pretty confident uh, given some of the football that has been uh, played recently. And, uh, you know, if you if you just took a quick glance at the ladder, uh, QPR is certainly one of those teams that, uh, you know, I say that we have to be putting away. Uh, but I found it really interesting. Uh, I guess I, uh, the result itself was one that um, I thought was – Kind of, uh, I watched it and was and was disappointed. But then when I heard um, Rosinha's uh, post match conference afterwards, it kind of uh, altered my perspective a little bit. I think it was uh, as as he uh, shared in the conference was his uh, first back to back losses since uh, he was you know put in charge of the club. I was and, thinking it must uh, have been. I, I can't. I can't. Rec- I was going to say I can't recall too many times we've lost back to back under him, if any. So that yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, and I think we've had a you know a rich a rich uh, you know, patch or, or run of of draws. So uh, yeah, I definitely can't remember back to back losses. I know that there's been a loss and a draw, but it's been one of the I guess the things that we've been able to see uh, you know in recent times that if we did find ourselves on the back of a loss, then there was always some level of uh, fight back tabled, and it was good to get back on track really quickly. So I think that uh, you know th- that's definitely going to be the, uh, the the take on on the result at, at Middlesbrough. Uh, they're obviously going to be itching to, you know, right the wrongs of, of what we saw at the weekend. But, um, yeah, Rosinho is was overly complimentary, I think, of the actual performance. Um, and 
Uh, it's not that I disagreed with him. I think that we certainly had our moments and, um, you know, really the the goal on half time was was such a momentum swing that um, really just changed the the outlook for the for the entire match. But, um, yeah, it certainly wasn't a performance that I think, you know, in the past when we've lost, we've been able to, to point towards a terrific performance and, you know, just unlucky on the day. And this was kind of one of those ones where, you know, yes, it was a worldly a worldly goal, sorry, that was scored, you know, on the stroke at half time that had a huge amount momentum swing. But they're very disappointing when we conceded the second goal. And yeah. you know, I know that people will be really quick to um, you know, point all sop out as the culprit for that. But just a a really kind of simple compounding error. Um, you never like seeing those goals go in anyway. But on the back of, you know, that that goal on half time, which really changed the dynamic to then concede that second one. Uh, it was just a, a it was a, a game that left a real bitter you know taste in in your mouth given the fact that it was you know opposition that was us so far down the league ladder yeah it's a really great point and it's one that when i was watching it live i was well, sorry i wasn't watching it live i watched it the morning after but when i was watching the game i i was sort of conflicted between thinking was it a poor performance which I think it was in large patches, but then also looking at passages of play where Delap, um, Delap in particular, but also I guess Philogene before he went off injured, Morton as well, Twine as well, um, put, pull, pulling out some great saves from Begovic where you think on another day um, the keeper doesn't get yeah. some of those chances. Um, it was a really tricky game in that sense to rate or review because I completely agree. Like I thought especially in that first 30 minutes, I thought McLaughlin looked really rusty and poor. He gave the ball away a number of times. I thought Seri yeah. um, was giving the ball away quite a lot as well. Um, I thought Coyle was probably one of his weaker games as well. And then, you know, as you say, also giving away that second goal to them in the second half. I think there was a lot of individually poor performances. Yeah. Um, it's it's such a... But then, but then I look at some of the other performances like Delap, and I think they actually played really well. And on another day, Delap's walking away with a goal, Twine's walking away with a goal, and even McLaughlin at the end had that great chance that um, they could just get fingertips to. Um, so it's a really tricky one in that sense to look at it and think, as you say, I mean, like it's two losses in a row for the first time under a senior. Um, really tricky game tomorrow morning against Middlesbrough as well. So potentially you're looking at three games in a row. Um, but without... Feeling, you know, you look at Watford, you look at QPR, and you know, see what happens with the Middlesbrough game. But potentially, three games that you know we could get results out of that we've got nothing out of. Um, so it's sort of hard to assess in that sense how we're playing. Um, but you know, it's the story of our season. It's the story of last season as well in terms of if we don't take our chances, we don't score the goals. Um, and it just seems like it happens almost every week where we'll have these chances and we'll talk about the fact that we've got these nearly chances to score goals and, and, and can't make the most of them. Um, I, I guess also touching on, I mean, you talked there about their first goal, um, Willock scoring on the, on the stroke of half time. really. Bit of poor defending, three players sort of standing around him, switching off and, and not getting to him to close him down. Uh, it was, was a bit disappointing to see. But then, as, you know, it's a worldly of a goal and it's frustrating when you've got that. You've got the Watford goal as well where... I don't know what you do about them. It's what was so disappointing with that particular goal was I think if you go back and you count the on the replay, uh, there's maybe seven defenders in the box, and so mm. it was kind of that angled one where the ball you know spat out and he just found enough space on the ed- edge of the box, and you just see a, a sea of amber, 
And for him to, to hit the ball as kind of low and as, as angled as it was to get around all of those bodies. And then, um, you know, uh, I, I won't say that also was unsighted because he did kind of move to it late, but uh, it was just one of those, one of those goals where you kind of, you see those chances all the time. And it, if that had of, you know, sprayed what just wide of the target, which you will often see, uh, I do think that you see a very different game in the second half. Mm. And it just, it was such a, um, uh, was such a killer in the sense of it, it took all the all the kind of the bite out of our attack, or at least it felt that way. And just uh, you know those positions where you're chasing the game and you kind of find yourself questioning how you're chasing it. I think that was yeah, really yeah. Um, you know we were we were stunned. And I, I, I do want to mention you you did touch on it. Um, the the keeper performance was was absolutely you know <laughs> insane. Um, from QPR and that you do get those games but I think if you want to be you know a team at the top end of the championship you you do have to find breakthroughs and you know sadly for us we were unable to yeah and I guess the other big um concern for our attack is Philogene going down with that injury I to be honest um whenever I see players going down with a knee injury where it didn't look like anyone was really around him it was off the ball it was quite innocuous yeah. I I often just assume the worst and think ACL because Usually that'll just be a change of direction or something that that it's just buckled the knee. And so yeah. as tough as it is seeing that he'll be out for four to six weeks, I'm actually quite relieved that it's nothing, you know, hopefully nothing more serious. Um, and it will see him back fully fit and fresh in, in six weeks. It is really unfortunate timing because four to six weeks in September might mean four to six games, but four to six weeks in December means, you know, it's like going to be like 10 or 12 games just about because of the way the games are coming so thick and fast. But um, it'll be interesting to see how the side steps up without him. Well, I mean, all of a sudden you you start thinking about these players that, you know, we've mentioned that have been largely unsighted, that we had, you know, such high hopes for at the beginning of the, the year. You know, here's the opportunities. And I think that, you know, Philogene has undoubtedly been our best player but by a country mile um, in the performances and seems to not just in the way that, that he's been chipping in and scoring himself, but he seems to spark everything. Um, just with, you know, like the, I guess the defensive awareness that when he has the ball at his feet, what it commands, um, the opportunities it creates for everyone else, just purely him being there. And I think that's going to be a really interesting one to see how we combat it and how we adjust because it's going to be, um, you know, it's as far as the championship goes, I haven't seen or can't remember a player. I know this is a very shallow comparison, but outside of that that season where, you know, Jared Bowen and Camille Krizicki kind of looked like they were playing in a different league to everybody else who was wearing a Tiger shirt. Jaden Philogene has really like stood out far beyond what, um, you know, what I can remember. And so to, to have such a huge central, um, you know, piece of your, of your side go missing for, as you said, a very congested, um, you know, fixture season, um, it's going to be a huge battle. But I guess the other thing that, you might like to kind of say if you want to play devil's advocate is at least there are games that are coming thick and fast. So if you are going to think of ways to put some or implement some kind of, you know, fresh strategy, at least the players do have a, a concentrated period of football to kind of go and work with it. Um, yeah. And it, it might take, you know, less time, you know, touch wood. Let's, let's hope that that's the case um, for them to be able to gel and, and put those things into place. And, you know, I, I don't have the, the doubts as far as squad depth and the personnel that we do have um, that we can, you know, cause teams problems in other ways. It's just that, um, 
you know, he he was in such a, a rich run of form that it's unfortunate we don't get to see him, um, you know, through this Christmas period. And look, it can also be, you know, you'd never sort of spin it as a positive, but in the sense that it makes us a bit more unpredictable, teams were often lining two or three players up on him to stop him and basically viewing it as, you know, you nullify Philogene, and you nullify Hull. So you think mm-hmm. with him out of the side, it makes us a bit more unpredictable in that sense, whether it means, you know, Delap going back to that right wing position that he was playing um, previous to Philogene coming through, um, Slater potentially getting a start on the on on the wing if if Lakilo's fit, um, see what he can do. Um, a few different options in those spaces as well. Traore as well. I mean, hasn't looked amazing out wide, but potentially he gets a bit of a chance as well. Um, will be will be interesting to see. Uh, I guess the other sort of personnel talking point out of this one we sort of touched on before also getting caught out for that second goal it is a run of goals now that um you could say are his responsibility i know Rosini is quite quick to, to sort of put the blame on himself and, and the style of play he wants from Allsop. um and, and i sort of raised the question with mitch last week as well and it's obviously a lot it's a lot more complicated than just saying it's an ingram or an Allsop decision and it's a like-for-like switch because they do play in such a different style. Um, so it's not as simple as just saying, oh, I should also be replaced. But but do you see it almost as maybe he does just need a, a breather for his own confidence or, or is it, you know, it's always a hard balance of does dropping a player do more for his confidence or does it shatter it even more? Just uh, It's interesting because I, I I do think that largely the the style that Rosinia is asking us to play or asking the players to go with is is one that has proven to be effective. I do just think that there is is times where the the players in in executing that need to kind of use that professional judgment. And in that particular situation, like I went back watched the goal a few times to see, you know, at what what kind of level of fault can we can you place on Allsop here? And it just kind of looked like one of those situations where there was two defenders closing closing him down. And, you know, I would be totally fine with him. And I, I know that's also, I should kind of leave with a caveat here that what I know about football is, you know, not worth knowing in regards to, in compared to what Liam Rosinia knows and, and what Allsop knows. But I would have been perfectly fine to see that ball, you know, go back over the halfway line or go over the sideline, get players back, defend. I just don't think that that whole playing out all the time only has that 100% it must be done that way. And I would have liked to have seen, you know, in in some of those situations, and obviously when a goal scored, it's easy to kind of look at it, things retrospectively, but I would like to see more situations like that in the game prior to, a, a you know, a goal being conceded that it's, it is okay for the players to have the freedom to, you know, just put it back up. And not all the time, like stick stick with the main course of we want to try and play out and, and look to, to create space. But if, if that's the only option and it does you know put the players under an extra level of duress and is is leading to these significantly costly errors um then i don't see the reason to to make that the plan a b and c which i think is how it's kind of being presented so would you would you make the switch to ingram or would you just Uh, i I don't think so i don't think it's as much as a as a quick quick switch and i I would say that because I, i do think for you know for the goals that we have seen than the mistakes that have caused the goals. I, th- I think that the thing about Allsop that makes it stand out is that was what he was brought to the club yeah. to do. So if you quickly make the, the the change and put Ingram back in, 
well, in some ways you're abandoning the philosophy, which, yeah. you know, everything just talked about building a culture and has warned about the mistakes. So I wouldn't be so quick. And I, I would be really surprised if, if Racine, you did go that way because all sorts are far better capable with the ball at his feet. So I don't expect to see that. I would like to see it tweaked a little bit just so that, you know, we're not seeing these, um, these areas continue to build up. And even if it's just the case of for the next couple of weeks or next couple of fixtures um, that, you know, also gets a little bit more confidence back, but it just there seems like there's something that just isn't right um, with the philosophy, and and it's not entirely wrong. It just needs that that little bit of fine tuning. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, and hey, don't sell yourself short. You're a veteran of nine years on this podcast, so you've uh, got a bit of football knowledge about yourself. <laughs> don't worry about uh, that. Uh, an expert armchair fan. That's it. That's it. Um, well, look, Mark, go to the uh, expert armchair fan now for your your votes yeah. for this game. Yeah, look, I, I kind of tend to agree with you. I think, um, or from at least from what you've said uh, previously, I think Delap was the, the three points. He looked like the bright spark. I, I put two points for Twine, um, and I, I don't think Twine was necessarily spectacular, but he did have a couple of, um, of you know key shots on goal. And then I think I put uh, Graves for my one. Um, again, it was it was kind of a difficult game to award points for, um, and I think it's probably because we just came away with such a a frustration on the um, on the overall result, and the, as you mentioned, there wasn't any real outstanding individual performances. Um, so yeah, that's probably how I would I would rate it. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, I went to lap for the three as well. I thought probably had our best chances for the game, and, and really grew into it after that first thirty minutes or so. Yeah, yeah Greaves, I gave the two votes too. I thought had a had a pretty decent display, and, and if I'm not mistaken, no, that was the previous game. It was in team of the week, so no, that wasn't this one. Um, and then Morton, I went for the one vote. I thought Morton, he was yeah. busy in midfield and 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 pretty productive. Um, but as you say, it's it's tough to um come up with too many players deserving of praise um well we'll talk quickly on our player of the week before heading into the previews um and that player is uh, greg doherty who has really sort of fallen out of favor i suppose this season i mean really unfortunate with the injury at the start of the season um although in some respects i think there was a case to be made that if he hadn't been injured he's probably getting sold in the summer um his one-year extension got triggered i think with the intention of selling him um before that injury um, well, I was a little bit surprised to see 125 league appearances for us, which um, feels like more than I expected. Um, uh, it's a pretty decent return for him, um, having scored six goals in that time as well. Signed all the way back in August of 2020, of course, in that COVID season uh, from Rangers when we were relegated to League One. Uh, had a fantastic season for us, especially in that League One season. But even in that return to the championship the following season, I thought was quite quite a decent player for us. Um so I think I think in general I think it's been a he's been a good signing and I, I think he's just one of those players where he's just limited by his ability and I don't think he can go with us he's not one of those players that sort of rises to the occasion at, at each level that we sort of progress to I think he's uh, that sort of lower half championship player at his best which which isn't which isn't a, to discredit him it's just that's I, th- I think probably the level he's best at. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with that. I think he's a, an outstanding League One player. I think that he's, um, I, I want to say that he's durable. Maybe he's not durable because he has been struck down with injury, but he, he's strong, he's fast. Um, he, he's a player that, that really will throw his body around and certainly knows how to, to you know, put a foot in and, and challenge in the midfield. He's got a, an absolute ripping shot. Um, he, he's just power. He's almost like a, 
kind of bulldog-like uh, workman who who just goes about his business and and can kind of provide that um that spark that that agile flair. But with that being said, I think that he is uh, um, an asset in, in a championship rotation squad. I think mm. that he's one of those people who, you know, you can certainly put on for kind of half an hour or if there's an injury, um, and he will he will do his job. I think that in League One he would be, you know, towards the top end. But, yeah, certainly at this point in time, if you were to cast your eyes across the current squad um, in the midfield, it would be really hard to make a case for, for him starting. And and as you said, I don't think that's necessarily because he hasn't been performing. I do just think that as a player, he is kind of – his ceiling um, is, is one of those places. He actually reminds me in so many ways of like a Jackson Irvine, someone yeah. who who is – is always going to do his job well um, and you kind of expect what you have in that type of player, but you're never really going to see him do anything too crazy or go through a, you know, a purple patch of scoring frequently in, in the championship because it's just kind of seems a little bit beyond him. Um, yeah. yeah. It, it actually surprised me a little bit. I think when we signed him, he was only 23. So I suppose that makes him 26 mm-hmm. or probably 27 now. Yeah. He's got one of those phases. He looks a whole lot older than he actually is, yeah. but He's the sort of player I wouldn't be surprised if we do sell him in January that he could do a job at like a Huddersfield or a Rotherham yep. or that sort of that sort of club coming out of the relegation zone looking for survival where, as you say, like he's a sort of solid 7 out of 10 each week but you're not necessarily yep. going to get a, a 9 or a 10 out of him. Um, but, yeah, look, I mean, he's essentially in his prime at the moment so he deserves to be going somewhere where he can play more regularly even, as you said, maybe it's a, you know, top you know, promotion chasing league one side, like a, uh, I wouldn't say a Portsmouth because I think their, their squad's quite good, but whether it's like a um, Peterborough or something like that, um, sort of chasing that top two um, yeah. could end up at a club like that. But um, look, it's been a, it's been a really successful spell with us, you know, title in league one in his first season with us and then staying up the following season, one out goal of the season last year, of course, as well against Blackpool. So yeah, um, a really productive spell for him at the club and and um, it'll be really interesting to see what happens in January. But I, I suspect you'd agree he's, he's most likely on his way out in January. Uh, just it's, it's hard to see a, a, a path for him starting in the first team and I think that that's kind of, as a, as a player, as you said, in their prime, it would be hard to kind of want to stay at a, at a place and fight for your position without any real, um, you know, visible... Yeah. Like way to get into that first team and start week in week out. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him move, um, and I think it would kind of suit both parties as well if if it were the case. And Rasinha does, you know, value him in the same way that you and I do. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, we'll we'll crack on then with our previews. With we of course Middlesbrough tomorrow morning, so um, quite a small turnaround from uh, from this recording to the game itself, seven a.m here in Australia, which is a really nice time to watch the game. Uh, so looking forward to that one. Um, Michael Carrick, of course, still the manager there, has been in charge since Wilder was dismissed last October or something like that. Um, only two wins in their last five as well. So they're um, sort of fluctuating in form. I think they've been hit with quite a number of injuries in recent weeks. Um, I suppose, interestingly, sold Chubarak in the summer to Ajax, uh, replaced him with uh, Latte Lath who I think was playing in France previously, has you know managed to score a couple of goals recently, so starting to find the back of the net. Uh, Sammy Silvera as well, joining from your mob uh, Central Coast is an interesting mm-hmm. one. And, and of course, um, Glover as well, joining from uh, Melbourne City. So a couple of Aussies in the squad to join Riley McGree, which uh, 
it'd be interesting to see if Silvera can get on tomorrow morning to see how he does. Um, but, you know, we sort of alluded to it in that QPR review. It, it, it is one of those quite tricky games where I do worry that, you know, we always, we always need a win out of this one or, or maybe I'd say a result out of this one. Otherwise, it starts to become a bit of a worrying trend of um, defeats. Yeah, what it does do as well is put you kind of outside that, you know, that top six bracket around Christmas. And I know that, you know, we've we've seen it um, recently. I think uh, Coventry potentially came from, you know, the cellar and, at Christmas time and, and ended up making a playoff appearance. But it is one of those things that particularly in the way that, you know, I guess the criticism of Resenia has been, if, if you could harbour any, is that there's been too many draws when, you know, we've been kind of chasing three points. And, and the fact that that's the case is wins do feel somewhat harder to come by um, on the back of, you know, of two losses. If we were to lose again here and go through, you know, three games without accruing any points um, and you do, it becomes somewhat disheartening when, you know, we also factor in the, you know, Jaden Philogene being out for four to six weeks as well. Um, and you see, see a few teams start to kind of come from nowhere and start jumping you around the Christmas break. You can see how challenging that becomes. Um, it's amazing what a win can do um, and how quickly that will kind of stop the rut where you've gone back-to-back losses, then have a really you know positive performance and pick up three points. All of a sudden, you're looking to the weekend as a, as a huge opportunity to you know not only be kind of in the top six, but kind of back into that like third, fourth, um, really looking up the table as opposed to down. So yeah, it just, it, it strikes me as a really um, important game given the fact that um, that that six around the six spots now is starting to get very congested. And as you said, there's so much football to be played um, in quick succession. How, how are you feeling going into this one? Do you feel like we can get a result or um, a bit more apprehensive? Yeah, look, I, if you had asked me this morning, I would have said apprehensive. However, when you kind of, you know, when you talk it out and you think through, you know, the, the squad, you think about the opportunity that now, that now comes. I, really like that Rosinha was quick to mention in the press conference that it's his first back-to-back loss since he's been at the club. So obviously that's something that, you know, he's prided himself on and has had it kind of in the back of his mind. So I do think that whatever's been happening on the training ground this this week or since the, the QPR fixture, I think it will be, um, you know, imperative. I think they'll be really kind of circling this fixture as a, as a massive get-right game. Um, and I, And I do think that, you know, as you mentioned, there's there's some Aussie talent at, at Middlesbrough, but I do think across the board we we need to have some confidence in our squad, and um, it's 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 one of those opportunities that if you do beat Middlesbrough and straight away get that like those three points and and are able to go back into this weekend with a sense of optimism, you really start looking at the run of games as an exciting one. Like I think that you know if you if you've lost a few games and you go. Oh, we've got five five games in in the next four weeks, or six games in four weeks, whatever it is. If you can win this one right now, then all of a sudden you want to play more football because you've got that momentum and you kind of, you know, you're flying with a wet sail. And I think that's exactly what Rosinha will have in the back of his mind um, to to make it a truly festive season for us. So I, I am optimistic. I think it's a huge a huge opportunity. I'd be surprised if we lost. I'm going to say I'm going to target a draw. I, 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 sorry, that that as well is negative. I think we're going to win. I wouldn't be surprised to see a draw, but I think it's going to be a positive result regardless. 
Yeah, I think as I sort of touched on with the phylogene injury making us a bit more unpredictable, I think it will be interesting to see how Delap comes into this one as, as almost our yep. focal point of creativity. I think it also gives Twine a good opportunity as well um, to be a bit more central to what we do. Um, so it will be interesting. I mean, I think I feel like I've sort of commented on it before, but I feel like with Philogene, sometimes he takes a lot of the pace out of the game to his to his credit in the sense that he'll he'll sort of basically stand on the ball um, work his way through the opposition and, and, you know, crack off a shot or, you know, pass it into the box or something like that. Um, but that in itself slows the game down. And, and I do wonder, and you look at Delap by comparison, for example, like he, when he receives the ball, will immediately turn and drive it at the defence or turn them inside out and try and crack off a shot. Um, he's much a higher tempo, fast-paced player. So, it will be interesting, and I think Twine's quite similar to Delap in that sense. So it will be quite interesting to see if our attack in that sense becomes a lot more fast-paced. And I know one of the criticisms that people have had recently is that our attack has been quite ponderous at times. Um, it will be interesting to see in that sense what we do in attack and, and, and how those uh, alternatives to Philogene actually uh, gel together, you know, whether Connolly gets a start, for example, if he's fit enough to start as well. So I, I think there's a lot of um, interesting elements to this game and it's it's quite hard to predict in that sense, um, not only how we line up, but also what the result will be. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly leaning towards a win as well. I think Barra uh, are having a deceptively poor run of form at the moment with their, their personnel injuries um, and, and their availability. So I think I think in that sense, we really need to be targeting this as a three points. Um, and I think the opportunity is there to do so. I, I'd i hope that Jones is able to come back in. I mean, as somebody who's got a little one on the way in a couple of months as well, I'm quite conscious that if he wants to take a couple of weeks to, to spend some time with the newborn, that's, you know, not to be discredited either. So um, fully prepared if it is McLaughlin and Graves in, in the defence, then so be it. And uh, we'll make do with what we've got. Um but I'd, I'd I'd probably try to leave the side reasonably settled. Like I mean, I'd probably look at uh, if Lakilo's still out injured. Maybe it is just um, Connolly potentially comes into the side and and Delap either takes a wide spot or um, or Twine maybe pushes wide and, and Traore starts central. Um, maybe if if Connolly's not fit, maybe it's a Slater comes in on that left wing. I think would be the other option I'd look at at bringing into the side. Um, I think Slater before his injury was quite crucial for us. So. He's a bit of a forgotten man in that sense. Um, but, yeah, I think those are probably the only changes I'd make if we... Oh, I, I guess I, I think I saw Vinagre's fit as well. So whether you put him up on the left wing is the other option. I was, I was going to ask you, as a, as a side note, I know that this isn't this isn't necessarily on the on the run sheet. How how important is it for this this period, do you think, for, for Twine? I think since he's mm. arrived, you know, there was, there's a lot of speculation whether we've got the best out of him or how he's underperformed, it's probably more the more the narrative. Is this the is this the time right now where you see that, you know, obviously you're looking for people to stand up and kind of potentially shift in the, the way we're playing because there's not going to be Jaden Philogene as a focal point. Do you feel that this is the the environment where it's it's kind of prime for him to to reveal himself? Or do you think it's more likely to be a like a Slater kind of scenario. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I think it's all of them really. I, like you look at your Morton, your Delap, Twine, Slater, all of those guys 
uh, in those attacking positions, I think, have that opportunity now to really step up. And and I look at the fact that Twine got that goal against Watford, um, which yeah. was a really well-taken goal from the Delap layoff or, or, you know, tackle or whatever you want to call it. Um, and then, of course, had a really great chance against QPR too that was well saved. I think he's definitely growing in confidence. Um, he, he's got the ability. We know that he's got the ability. Um, so I'd like to think that in the absence of Philogene, he'll really step up and, and be able to fill that creative hole that's left without Philogene on the pitch. Um, so I think it'll be really interesting to see what he can produce against um, against Middlesbrough. And I think that's kind of going back to my point about our unpredictability. I think in a way that's that's a really positive thing is when you look at the side and you look at the lineup, if it's a, you know, Delap, Slater, Twine, front three almost, um, you've almost kind of got an equal threat from all of them where, yeah. you, you know, and you've got Morden in behind and, and Traore potentially as well. Um, it makes it quite a potent front line um, rather than just having, you know, two or three players standing on Philogene and nullifying a lot of what we do. Um, so I think, yeah, I think it's 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 really exciting in that sense to see to see how we um, line up tomorrow morning. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think I'm, I'm probably backing a win as well. But, yeah, I wouldn't be disappointed with a draw. I just, yeah, hopefully not another loss, I guess. Um, and then we've got Cardiff this weekend. So so they're another side who, base, I think, they're either above us or just below us in the table now as well. So um, another tricky fixture in that sense. Two wins and five for them as well, similar to Borough. Um, but going along quite nicely and, and managed by Errol Bullitt, who took over in the summer. Um, I think he's a Turkish manager, which kind of has an own, ha, has an irony of its own to it. Um, but I think we've won our last four against them. We've got a good record against them. We had that win with Slater's double um, against them last season uh, in the first fixture. So we seem to line up reasonably well on them. Um, but, I mean, I guess sort of looking at these games in conjunction, Borough and Cardiff, I sort of bracket them the same in the sense that they're both quite dangerous fixtures on paper, um, but also games that I think are really eminently winnable. And and I think, as you sort of said before, you know, if you win that Borough game, you suddenly go into this Cardiff game thinking, well, hang on, if we win this one as well, we're right back in that third, fourth conversation just about. It's, and what it does do is I think that, yeah, as you said, I'm, I'm just looking at the, the league ladder now. You've got Cardiff who are actually on the same points as us, but, um, you know, had, I think, on goal difference. And then you've got Borough who are trailing us by one win. And, yeah, not only does the, do those wins kind of skyrocket us towards the top six, is it really puts the kind of pumps the brakes on the teams that are in that logjam. Um, and, yeah, I think the confidence then it probably has you thinking, that you are, you know, a, a top six team, uh, like out and out, because you are beating the teams that are on the in that chasing pack. So, yeah, I think it, this, this could be. I know that you always, they're not six pointers just yet, um, but they they are critical because mm. of of the magnitude of now of, of what they mean. I mean, I, I want to think like worst case scenario if we were to lose these games back to back, and you're looking down the barrel of four losses in a row against teams that you know are in that logjam. Well, then all of a sudden the the playoff picture looks like a pretty grim one. So, um, yeah, it, it really, it does kind of have that, the makings in the morning of like a, of, of a playoff type final fixture because, um, you know, because of what's at stake, um, even though it is, you know, early December. Yeah, that's it. And, and that's, yeah, I, I, I've tried to veer away from thinking too much about it in that sense. But yeah, if we were to lose these two games, hmm. it, it suddenly does look like a quite a grim picture um, about where we can end up. Um, yeah. I suppose the only positive spin I could put on it in that sense is you're sort of heading into the January transfer window. 
And if there are deficiencies in the squad, if there are issues that we need to solve, you'd almost rather lay them bare at this stage of the season when you can do something about it and you can rectify them in January rather than, you know, maybe getting a patchy 1-0 win here or there and, and, and sort of hiding the deficiencies until you get to the end of January and everything falls apart. So you don't want to be in that situation, but the silver lining, I suppose, is at least it's the right time of season to do something about it. Yeah, I would have to agree. Uh, score prediction for this one then? Uh, look, for the Cardiff fixture, I, uh, this this is back at home, isn't it? Yeah. This, this one is yeah. at the MKM. I think away to Middlesbrough and then at home, Cardiff. Look, I would really back our chances against Cardiff there. I'm going to say, I think we're going to win 2-0. Uh, that's that's kind of what I'm, what I'm feeling. I think that, as you mentioned before, we do have a pretty um, pretty nice uh, run of form against Cardiff. We seem to be somewhat of a bogey team for them and I think that we'll be itching to get back to um, the MKM and, you know, especially if, we, if we're if we able to um, to pick up points tomorrow and uh, against yeah. Middlesbrough. I think four points from these two games I'd be very, very happy with, um, just coming off the back of these two losses. And, um, yeah, especially against Cardiff, I think that's definitely the more winnable of the two games. I'd, I'd probably yeah, say maybe a 2-1 uh, yeah. win against them would be what I'd be looking at. Um, but, yeah, look... Um, Fixtures coming thick and fast now. We are into the festive season. So thank you very much for joining me for this one, Logan. Yeah, my pleasure, Alex. Good to be here. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening in. We hope that you guys have a great festive period. We will be back, of course, next week. So, um, you know, sort of in the, the week leading up to Christmas to cover the uh, the festive fixtures themselves and hopefully a couple of good results in these games as well. So until this time next week, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast, The Tigers Down Under. For more discussion, join us on Facebook at the Hull City AFC Australia Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Odds. The music was created by Amber and Black. It's the time, yeah, the city's on fire We're going higher and higher There's no turning back cause you're out